Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never really thought about tools until I bought a house in the suburbs. It's like this weird homeowner test if I need a tool for a project and don't have it. And my neighbor Ted loves to give me that look when I ask to borrow a pole saw. A year ago, I didn't even know pole saws existed. And now i got to borrow one from Ted? What is happening? Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Prepare your ears, humans. Happy, Sad, Confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Adam Sandler on his film Hustle, his comedy career, Chris Farley, and his texting buddy, Daniel Day-Lewis. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz, and welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Yes, it's taken us a while. We've been doing this over eight years, but we got him. The Sandman is on the podcast today, and I'm thrilled to say he really delivered. It's, this is a special one, guys. You're going to enjoy it. Adam Sandler for the hour coming up on Happy, Sad, Confused. Um, before we get to the main event, lots of excitement going on, guys. Um, hope your Thanksgiving was great. Mine was swell. I feel like I've had a cold for two weeks, but I'm okay. It's not COVID. Just some sniffles. I'm dealing with it. I'm okay. And um, we're careening towards the end of the year. I'm catching up on all the big movies. Uh, One more big kahuna to go, guys. Avatar. You guys know I'm all in the bag for Avatar. I've been uh, a James Cameron maniac all my life, so I am so excited. Are you guys excited? Uh, I see it in a matter of days, so that's, I think, why it's top of mind. I'm actually headed to London um, for the world premiere, some interviews, maybe a podcast. Stay tuned. Um, so yes, that's uh, that's what I'm looking forward to in the pop culture space, uh, as well as some really cool podcasts we're taping, and then hopefully a little downtime to recharge for a ginormous 2023. But before we get to 2023, let's talk the end of 2022, because in addition to the Sandler event, which we just did at 92NY, we have two events coming up and actually a third I think is about to be announced but I can't say that that one right now but I'll mention the two I can December 8th be there for Kumail Nanjiani his new show I've been watching it I think I'm six episodes in it's great it's Welcome to Chippendales a dark true story uh, a dramatic turn for Kumail Um, but this is going to be a blast he is a super funny super smart Um, super talented gentleman, and uh, he's going to be a great guest on Happy, Sad, Confused. He's been on before. Uh, December 8th at 92NY, we're screening an episode of his new series, Welcome to Chippendales, and that will be followed by a live Q&A. Be there. And then, guys, this is one of the biggest ones, maybe kind of the biggest one in some ways for me yet. Um, He's never done the podcast, and I haven't done a ton with him. December 19th, Daniel Craig. Yes. I'm so, so excited. Um, The movie, of course, is Glass Onion, which I am obsessed with. I've seen it three times. Um, And we're going to screen that on the big screen um, and follow it up with a big old chat, career chat with Daniel Craig. What is there possibly to talk about? I don't know. Everything? James Bond? Knives Out? That Heineken commercial? Um, yeah, it's going to be great. December 19th, get your tickets now, 92NY. All the information for uh, the Kumail event, for the Daniel Craig event, is all in the show notes. Uh, get us, get your tickets now. Be there. 
Um, all right, let's talk about the main event. Adam Sandler. Um, I've known Adam Sandler. This is one of those guys. I've been very privileged. I mean, look, I, I getting my start, as it were, as an on-camera person at MTV, how could I not interact a lot with Adam Sandler over the years? And sure enough, for 16-plus years, I've been talking to this guy, um, and he's just one of my favorites. He is, you know, the real deal. Um and, and just, like, so down-to-earth, almost, like, to a disturbing degree. Like, how is this man so just normal? Um, and he, he, he really impresses me consistently through his career because if you look at the filmography, and we'll talk about it in this conversation, he has had kind of the most bizarre, fascinating dual life. He is arguably the biggest comedy movie star of the last 30-plus years. I mean... Him, Jim Carrey, Ben Stiller. It's certainly a, a... He's up there if he's not the top one. And then he has this whole other amazing side as this fantastic, dramatic actor working for the likes of uh, Jason Reitman or Judd Apatow or James L. Brooks or the Safdie brothers, Uncut Gems I'm still obsessed with, um, or in a new film like this, um, uh, Hustle. So... There's, it's no surprise that he is now being talked about for awards. Um, it would be great to see him get in, uh, get a, an Oscar nomination finally. He's never been nominated before. I'm rooting for him. He really should have gotten it for Uncut Gems. That was a travesty. Uh, but he's getting a, a lot of buzz for Hustle, and it's, it's well worth checking out. It's on Netflix right now. If you haven't seen it, um, it's a really enjoyable um, kind of classic um, basketball film, and he's a big basketball fan, so it's fun to see him in this context, and uh, like I said, it's just fascinating to see Adam continue to push himself in, in the dramatic realm, um, and, and yeah, yeah, I, I, this, this was so great, and I did allude in the intro, I know I mentioned Daniel Day-Lewis, and this just tickled me, um, there is a moment in this conversation where Adam Sandler reveals that he got a text that day and gets texts sometimes from Daniel Day-Lewis? I don't know. Maybe I'm alone in this. I don't think so. I think others are fascinated with Daniel Day-Lewis, too. Just the fact that he lives uh, on the same earth as we do and is texting um, funny thoughts to Adam Sandler just pleases me to no end. So that's a, that's a funny um, aside coming up in this conversation, among many, many others, reflections on uh, Chris Farley, his beginnings uh, in comedy, um, all the way up uh, through the making of Hustle. So a lot to feast on in this conversation. I'll, I'll let you enjoy it right now. You're going to hear the live energy of an audience in New York City. Um, and just for context, this audience had just seen Hustle. And um, I think that's all you need to know. What more, what more do you need? Me and Adam Sandler. Um, I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, remember to hit us up. Um, on my social media, Joshua Horowitz. Remember to subscribe on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Josh Horowitz. And if you're the diehard, happy, sad, confused lover, go to patreon.com slash happy, sad, confused, early access, discount codes to all the live events, and so much more. All right. Uh, here we go, guys. Enjoy this conversation. Me and the Sandman himself, Adam Sandman. Hey guys! Hello, New York. Oh, this is a good one, guys. Welcome to a very special, happy, sad, confused live. You guys are in the right place tonight. Thank you for coming out. Um, we've got a New York legend in the house tonight, guys. 
This gentleman I've had the privilege of talking to for many years, but he's never done the podcast before. We're going to break new ground tonight. He is a legend for many reasons. For nearly 35 years, he's basically been the biggest comedy movie star ever around. Um, and then there's this other side of him where he's pursued by the likes of Paul Thomas Anderson, James L. Brooks, Noah Baumbach, Softy Brothers, and in a film like this, Hustle, which I'm sure you'll agree is another stellar piece of work. I want to hear a big New York welcome for the man, the myth, the legend, Adam Sandler. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hey, buddy. Thank you. Hey. Hi, everybody. Hello. That's so great. Thank you. What's up, young man? Hi, guys. Hey! That's nice. I got good sweatpants for you. It's a little chilly here, just in case we have layers. This is just, uh, you block the gut. <laughs> Yo, hey, but uh, I'm happy to see you all. Happy to see you, and, and thank you for coming out. And, and I'm, I'm ha I was excited all day long to come see you guys. Um, we're excited to see you. Uh, this crowd has just seen this latest, greatest piece of work, Hustle. Is this your first time, everybody? First time seeing Hustle? Pretty good, right? Amazing. Second. Thank you. Hi over there. Hi. <laughs> I love you. Thank you so much. And thanks for, for watching the movie. And uh, yeah, well, I think I was at this Y years ago really? when I went to NYU. I came up here. I, th I think I, I had a friend who lived up here and uh, we played ball up here. Am I right? There's a gym, yeah, well, There's a gym here. Was I here? I don't know. You I weren't. There, no. no, no, no one invited you, Josh. But we were <laughs> no, we, we, we would have invited you. But, you. but no, we would. I just remember doing something here at this Y. Anyways, I'm happy to be here. Well, welcome back. Um, a lot of things to celebrate tonight. Uh, this gentleman just won a tribute award from the Gotham's, a very prestigious institution yeah. last night. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, now, I don't know. Was it kind of like a lifetime achievement award? Are you okay, Adam? Is every, Do I need to worry about you? <laughs> You're just getting started, buddy. What's going on? That's what I... Uh, yeah, I don't even know what the title of the award was. I saw the trophy this morning in my room. It was a. Uh, it said something on it. it yeah. Said Gotham Awards. It said. It mentioned. I'm not exactly sure, but it was kind of a jump short of all the stuff I've done over the years. So I'm sure it connects to a lifetime of uh, hard work and powerful performances and uh, <laughs> no but uh, no 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 but uh but uh yeah yeah it felt good I went there I saw a bunch I saw I saw Ben Stiller last night I haven't seen him in a long time he's a he's a good guy you guys would like him <laughs> we've got you we're happy with you today. all right but has Ben been here yet he would have I'm a great sure time here done. yeah yeah right yeah Ben Stiller everybody yeah you guys should check it out meet the parents get him great up here. let's just talk about Ben Stiller's career for an hour love you too yeah no you, we'll get to Ben at the end of it <laughs> right um, you, you read an amazing speech, which ostensibly was written by your daughters. I don't know how much of that is true or not, but yeah. you do mention that they seem more interested in Timothy Chalamet than your work nowadays. <laughs> is, that, is that fair to say? We saw Timothy Chalamet's movie the other night. Me and the daughters and my wife. Did anybody see Bones and All yet? I was heavy. That's it was heavy. He, he, yeah. It was a lot of great performances. But um, my daughter, so we, we, uh, they, they eat people. And my daughters are young, 14 and 16, but they were still madly in love with Timothy, uh, eating every, eating, or getting eaten, or what, whatever. But they love seeing Timothy, 
And, but they were terrified at the end. We were in the parking lot, and I couldn't, uh, I kept putting my credit card in the, uh, we were in the parking lot, I couldn't get the gate up. And uh, they just saw a movie about eating people, and then some people were walking towards us, and they were screaming, open the gate, open the gate. <laughs> I said, no one's, no one's going to eat you. You know, that was just a movie, and then I started myself going, are, are these people going to fucking eat us? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> what a way to go. What a story. <laughs> it would have been a good, that is a good way out. I mean, in, well, in all had... respects, yeah. <laughs> Not for the kids, but for, no. for the Sandman. For the... <laughs> The Sandman's career to end with a, just some dude eating me. Think of, the po- think of the posthumous awards that would come in in the wake of that. <laughs> he was on a roll. And then, yeah, one day some guy ate the Sandman. And... Um, do, you, do, do, do you ever get nervous going on stage? Yes. Do you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always, not now, because it's like a fun, nice vibe. And, and everybody's warm here. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm happy to see, be with you all. And then I see, I keep looking at this kid because he's a kid and you seem cool. How are you? What's your, what's your name, young man? Jesse, yeah, how old are you? That's cool. Um, thanks for coming out. Um, and and uh, do you, you play hoop or anything? Yeah? Yeah, all right, well, I'm glad you're here. And uh, Jesse seems way cooler and, like, chill than I am. Like, you seem yeah. like... Cool talking to Adam Sandler. I'm nervous, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, Jesse's cool. cool. Yeah, no, you're. You, I, I, I do get nervous. You know when I used to get the most nervous? Yeah. Uh, David Letterman show. I would be on the side because I loved Letterman so much growing up. He was kind of like the, uh, the, when I was in high school, we all loved Letterman. So when I get to do his show and I'd hear him doing the intro, our next guest, I'd, I would be on the side looking at Biff. Being like, holy shit, man! I better, I better be good. And uh, I, I, the first maybe minute or so on that show, I'd always be like, out of body, yeah. weird feeling. Yeah, that, you can't ever let that go. I mean, that keeps you sharp too. I mean, you don't want to get too complacent. I guess you know. No, I guess you're right. I guess it's good to have that nervous energy. But you know what? Saturday Night Live, man. When I was on that show, I would get. I would, yes. Well, thank you, thank you, but. I'm just going to tell you, like, you get this weird, my first skit, I've told the story a long time ago, but my first skit ever on the show, I was with Tom Hanks, and I I think I had one line, and I just kept going. I kept saying to myself, I think I'm going to faint, I'm about to, (laughs) because it's live, and I was like, oh no, I'm going to faint, I think I'm going to faint, I think I said to Hanks, I think I'm going to faint, and I think he said, don't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I think If I remember correctly I don't remember It's good advice I mean Yeah right. don't man um, Let's talk about This great new film of yours uh, Hustle is I mean look it's, it's great in many respects And I would think Knowing what I know about you It must be really special To be in like a classic Great basketball movie Oh yeah 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 Sure thanks For calling it that And I uh, It meant a lot Every day Loved it All the players in it I loved Wancho, how about Wancho, uh, who plays Bo Cruz? Like that guy, that guy was amazing just to get to know and just to see how great, I mean, of a basketball player he wasn't, but uh, he became this actor that just was so real and, and sweet and, re- and deep guy, and I, I loved him, fell in love with him. I, he was a sweetheart. 
Did you did you harbor any secret or not so secret dreams of pursuing a basketball career as a kid? Did you no. like, think it could happen? No, no, no. I I sat the bench in high school. Uh, I just I, I knew I, I, when I was like maybe when I, in like fifth grade when I was like Jesse's age, I thought I was good enough to maybe you know like think about being a hooper when I was older. But then all the other kids got bigger than me and stronger than me, and and then uh, I was like, oh shit, I better be a baseball player or something. <laughs> Not worked out, obviously. Illustrious <laughs> yeah, five home runs. That. Yeah, I think I gotta. We'll see. <laughs> you do. I, it really uh, pleased me to no end that you get like one of those classic motivational speeches in this, like the kind yes. that they play in stadiums to get oh, the team revved yeah, up. Yeah, like yeah. I could see that happening, couldn't you? Like, oh man, that that would be uh, amazing. And um, and yes, that speech was fun to say. And that speech, I think we all, uh, we uh, we wrote it together, uh, me and and the director and the uh, writer Will, and the director is Jeremiah Zagar. And it, it connected a lot to um, when I when I was becoming a comedian when I was young, and uh, uh, when I was like seven, I started doing stand up when I was seventeen. I, so I would, I went on stage. I didn't do well, um, but I kind of said, "Oh, okay, this is what I'm. I, I want to do." And then I started going, I got to get good at this thing. I got to get good. And I was terrible for a long time. Nobody laughed at I, I, I was in New York. I used to go in the Greenwich Village. I used to play a place called the Paper Moon mm -hmm. and Folk City. And I'd go up and I was just, I would bomb every night. But uh, I did nothing but think about, I got to get good at this. And it, like like the speech about being obsessed, I, I was, I, I just connecting with that speech because I was just so obsessed about getting over being scared on stage and trying to get a crowd to like what I was saying and um, and that's all I thought about so that it connected with me with, with what I say to Wancho. Did, did you have somebody like Stanley is for Wancho in this film that, that kind of saw the talent that like that early on identified what you had <laughs> and kind of gave, gave you a boost? You know my parents were very just, just the, my mother always thought everything I did was great. She, she, uh, she thought I was good, good looking. <laughs> I literally grew up thinking I was good looking, because my mother said I was so handsome every day, and I was like, I am, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would hear my, I'd hear some girls go, huh, I don't know about that, and I'd be like, Nah, 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 I'm telling you, you're missing it. My mother said I'm gorgeous, <laughs> but. My parents gave me a lot of confidence. My mom and dad, they just, and my family, my sisters loved, I was the youngest of four, so they just always, did. every move I made, they backed me up. My brother is the reason I got into this whole thing. My brother was a very smart, nice guy, and I was uh, applying to colleges, and uh, I, said, I said to my brother, what, what should I major in? And I, that's when I was 17. He said, you should be an actor. And I go, yeah, yeah. He goes, be a comedian. You're like, uh, you're like Eddie Murphy. And I go, okay, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> and, uh, and that's kind of how I got like, focused on, oh, shit. And then my brother was in, going to school at Boston University, and he went online at a comedy club and picked a, a lottery ticket for me. And he said, I got a ticket at a club come down and do stand-up, and I said, okay. And I went and did it, and it didn't go well, but that was kind of how I got into this shit. Amazing. Yeah. 
It's, uh, it strikes me, I was looking at the filmography and the list of character names you've played. Yeah. Uh, Shecky. Yes. Barry. Max, Lenny, even a Zohan, <laughs> finally yes. a Stanley. It took you long enough to get there. Stanley was, yeah, always wanted to be a Stanley. And Stanley, you were talking about family. Yeah, it's my dad's name. Your dad's name. Yes, yes. Was that in the script, or was that changed? No, 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 I changed or? it to that. My, my, this guy, Stanley Sugarman, I played, reminded me a lot of my dad and the way he was, and just kind of like a hardworking, good person who, you know, was always pulling for you and, and dedicated to my father, was just he was dedicated to me he was dedicated to all my friends about helping them teaching them golf baseball basketball he was just a great guy and so uh, anyways I wanted to make sure I you know my he passed away like tw almost 20 years ago now but I wanted to you know it felt good to be uh, use his name and uh, grow a beard because mm -hmm. my dad had a beard growing up and when he didn't have a beard he looked Terrible. <laughs> but, you ever do uh, your dad's voice? Have you ever tried to approximate that in my, any of the characters? Well, or? Happy Madison, that's my dad at, at the beginning of a movie. A lot of our movies, you see my dad hit a golf ball and he goes, terrific. And uh, it was after he passed away. And so that's me saying, terrific, doing an impression of my dad. But it's everyone thinks it's my dad. Like my, my, my mother thinks it's my dad. How did you get... Daddy's voice like that. I'm like, and I, I don't want to break a heart, so I go, eh, it was on an answering machine or something like that. It's interesting this, to think of the parallels between a character like Stanley and you because, you know, going down a slightly different path, making the wrong choice, et cetera, could have led to a much different life and maybe a rewarding life in its own way. You know, Stanley ends up a scout when he wanted a different path. You, right. You know, you could have been a writer. You could have been a comedy writer, for instance, if it hadn't worked out for whatever reason, if some break didn't go the right sure. way. Do you sure. ever think about that? Like, could you have had a happy life being behind the scenes as a wow. comedy writer? I don't think I could have. I, I'm like, I was kind of in that Obsessionville. I, I, I kept saying, you know what I did, which when I was young, I told my friends how good I was going to do. I, when I moved, I moved from New Hampshire to New York, and I kept saying oh, shit, people are really loving me in New York. I would call them up, <laughs> and I'd say, I'm killing there, man. People are digging me. I did this, Robin. Because I one time went on before Robin Williams, and uh, I didn't do well. I told my friends I did well, but I, I didn't do well. But Robin Williams gave me a little, like, hey, I like the, uh, a particular joke. And so I got to dwell on that and tell my friends, yeah, fucking Robin Williams is it for me. <laughs> Uh, anyways, so I, I like said all this stuff about how well I was doing. So in my brain, I was like, I better, I better succeed, man, because I can't go home and, and uh, admit I was lying about all that shit. <laughs> Um, when I was watching the movie again, there's a, a great moment, as you guys just saw, where um, Stan Lee, uh, to prove that he's connected, gets uh, Dirk Nowitzki, Nowitzki on the phone, on oh, yeah. the FaceTime. Who would, you, who would you get on FaceTime to prove that you're legit? Who would be the easiest person to get on the phone? Who would answer the call? I got some good ones. I don't know if they'd pick up. I mean, you got your phone right there, I'm saying. No <laughs> uh, I could, I, Should I, we call Conan? What do we call? Who do we call? I guess I, I, I think mo there's such a chance of somebody saying the wrong thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, my mom would pick up in a half a ring, by the way. <laughs> She's my mom literally three in the morning, half a ring. Hello? Hey, Ma, how are you? Like, like she wasn't sleeping. How are you? What's going on? You hungry? 
I'm like, no, I'm not hungry. <laughs> it begs the question, yeah, she's just sitting, staring at that phone, waiting. <laughs> she's never admitted to sleeping. She's always resting. I was just resting. <laughs> um, look, I alluded to this in the intro. Uh, once and for all, it is time to acknowledge, and you can blush as much as you want, yeah. that Adam Sandler, pound for pound, has the most interesting, fascinating career as both a comedy icon <laughs> and as a dramatic actor. Because look, let me list. Well, well I don't know, but thank you. It's a, there's been some doozies, but let's, thank Let's you. talk for a second. Let's talk real talk. Because look, yes. we, the, the comedy career is easy. We can go through 15 classic movies. But let's also just recite some of the directors that have yeah. gone after you and you've had the privilege of work collaborating with. James L. Brooks, Judd yeah. Apatow, Jason Reitman, Todd, Todd McCarthy, um, yeah. uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, yeah. Noah Baumbach, the Softie brothers. Yeah, yeah. Um, which of these calls blew your mind when they came when they came your way? Which one? Shit, I don't know. All of them are great people. I, I got tight with all of them. Um, I, you know, I, mind blowing stuff. Probably I I don't know. I was always kind of like, I was just excited to work and and be with these people. And you know, I remember Paul Thomas Anderson. He was still young when I when I met. I really didn't know much about. Uh, movies outside of comedy. I was so into that world. And then Paul uh, called me up. I, I, I was friend. I knew Tom Cruise. So Tom Cruise called me up and said, my friend wants to talk to you. And then I said, oh, okay. He, he said, can I put him on? I said, yeah, sure, man. And uh, PTA, Paul Thomas Anderson, gets on the phone. He said, hey. And he just started talking to me. He said, I'm writing a movie for you. Is that okay? And I said, yeah, well, do what you got to do, man. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, anyways, I got to know him. And then I, I didn't know what he did. I know he, he did Boogie Nights, but I didn't see it yet. And then um, so when everyone was telling me, this guy's great. And I said, yeah, yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see how this movie is he's writing. <laughs> this and, guy uh, with the three names, yeah, whatever. Yeah, how many names does this dude need? <laughs> uh, but uh, anyways, I, uh, then I saw... I was getting ready to, to get the script, and, and uh, Magnolia just came out, right. and I went and saw Magnolia alone in the movie theater, <laughs> and I was going, wow, <laughs> this, this is going to be cool. Whatever this guy's writing for me sounds like it's going to be uh, uh, new. So anyways, I, I don't know if I ever get my mind blowed, blown by any of this shit, but I got to meet people I love. You know, I worked with Dustin Hoffman. I worked with Nicholson. I worked with... Duval and this. Yep. So all that stuff is exciting. You can't believe it because uh, you worship James Caan, all those guys yeah. I, I, I got to know, and Pacino, and I, I, I hung out with them, and I s sit and talk to them and listen to their stories, and that shit on the way home, I go, wow, that is cool. That Let, they yeah, absorb that. Take that in because yeah. you have to because that's just insane. Let, let's talk about, you brought up a couple things I want to bring up because Punch Drunk is one of my favorites, and um, there's so many scenes in that. I was watching some scenes the <laughs> other day. The scene where you're on the phone with Philip Seymour Hoffman, where yeah. you kind of, oh, you, you match and surpass his anger, <laughs> which is saying a lot, because Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. can go big and can really bring it. Oh, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. you see him rattled in that scene of going back and forth. Were you guys on the same set at that time? Like, were you, do you remember? Well, yeah, PTA always made every phone call, everything was always the real people. So yeah, we were, we were always together. And I was always hearing him and he was hearing me and... Would, uh, uh, we I remember rehearsing a lot with with uh, Philip and uh, being t together at Paul's house and doing those scenes 
together and and him going full tilt at a rehearsal and me and I was I would get scared and nervous and and want to you know make make sure I can I, there was a reason that I was in the scene you know because he just took over and uh, it just but I I got close I got close with Hoffman he was a he was a really funny guy great strong you know who he reminded me of Farley. He reminded me of Farley. He had the same kind of power to him where he just like, you, you watched everything he did in the room and he kind of like, he wasn't looking at you, but he was always moving around and doing something and smoking a butt and being blah, blah, blah. But, and uh, I just like watching him. And um, anyways, uh, uh, yeah, but being in uh, scenes with him, I, I, I mean, that was almost 20 years ago, but I, I do remember being excited. All right, guys, I'm going to be real here. I can't drink alcohol and feel great the next day like I used to. It's just not a fact of my life. And what happens is I end up being the guy at the party then that just doesn't drink or I don't even go to the party. I just skip out altogether. It's not worth the trouble. But I've tried something recently. Our sponsor this week, Z-Biotics Pre-Alcohol Probiotic, and it's helped me and I think it's the answer that we've all been looking for. It's the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle those rough mornings after drinking. Let me tell you how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. It's designed to work like your liver, but in your gut where you need it most. So here's how you have to do it. Just remember to drink Zbiotics before drinking alcohol. Of course, drink responsibly and then get that good night's sleep to feel your best tomorrow. I tried this out for the first time just the other day, and I can honestly say that I felt great the next day. So give Zbiotics a try for yourself. Go to zbiotics.com slash happy sad, and you'll get your 15% off your first order when you use happy sad at checkout again zbiotics.com slash happy sad get the 15 percent off your first order when you use happy sad at checkout zbiotics is backed with a 100 money back guarantee so if you're unsatisfied for any reason they'll refund your money no questions asked remember head to zbiotics.com slash happy sad and use the, the code happy sad at checkout for 15 percent off Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode. Drink responsibly this holiday season, guys, and try Zbiotics. The, the, when you look at the early films, like you know, Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore, etc., <laughs> do you like? Were you still kind of finding your way when you look back at the work? Then I mean, you had studied acting; you were serious. It wasn't like they were just like showing you a script and you were figuring it out. Yeah. But like, did you still? Did you? I don't know. Do you remember being confident on set that you knew what you were doing or you were kind of I was lost? We weirdly confident. Yeah. Weirdly. More confident than I should have been. I was just like, <laughs> I mean, uh, Billy Madison, we wrote, me and Tim Hurley, he, we wrote all, all the comedies together. He was my roommate at NYU. And uh, I had that idea of a guy going to school, a grown up going to school first, doing first through 12th grade again. And, and Tim and I wrote it and we loved it. And, uh, and and then we didn't know how to make movies. We didn't know anything about it. We were on the set, learned a little bit of stuff from Saturday Night Live, like how to talk to a, a, a director and how to be part of like some sort of process of how to get your comedy across. 
But uh, Tamara Davis, Tamara Davis directed that, Billy Madison. She, she was so cool and so nice about us talking with her. And she would say, what will you see in, what, you know, in that scene? What, what's supposed to happen? And what's, I just don't want to you know, not do what you guys were talking about. And so we collaborated. That was my first time collaborating with a director and, right. and uh, learning a lot and learning about the editing room. I knew nothing about the editing room either. Uh, just we learned, Billy Madison was, was the one that we learned the most on. It's, fu it's funny to think now because you are in this position where, um, I mean, critics love you and really like, like gravitate towards your work and see like the worth in, in both sides of your career now. But that wasn't always the case. No, no. And, and to see like where it started because there was like this immediate kind of um, demarcation where like the movies were doing well, the audiences were connecting with it. Critics yeah. were mean. Critics were right. not nice to you at first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't. They didn't. They. Uh, we we read their reviews for Billy Madison, and they didn't like. You know, a lot of people hated it. And when we would read it, we didn't expect that. We thought we they were going to have a good time with it, but they said bad stuff. And then we said, then we said, you know, they hated it with a passion. And that 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 was like didn't hurt me as much as I was like, oh, my fucking grandmother's got to read this. <laughs> that's where it hurt. Uh, sorry for cursing, <laughs> yeah, youngster. I curse so much in front of my own kids. I got to stop. But uh, do, do you have a theory of like why, like you had a red dot on your forehead in the beginning? Like it, it, my theory is that like you almost made it look too easy. Like that oh, it looked yeah. effortless, even though you were putting a ton of effort into every joke and really like laboring over it. Yeah, you know, I really everything did mean so much to me. Yeah. I, I I always thought of the audience i really did i always thought of who's watching the movie who who's paying money to go out i remember being a kid and seeing a comedy and seeing even like porkies or um hollywood nights or, or all the mel brooks stuff and i just just laughing my ass off in the theater chevy chase and and uh, eddie murphy and uh, like i just i just wanted people to get that feeling in the crowd that i used to get as a kid just watching Rodney Dangerfield when he had a movie come out and people would be screaming, yeah, Rodney, and like it was a movie screen. Yeah. And they were talking to Rodney, you know, like that, that was, I was just, those are the kind of movies I wanted to make. I wanted people to just be pulling for the character and pulling for what's, what's going on in the movie. So, I, I mean, I only thought about that. When right. the critics started hating me, uh, I, I really, I, I just felt bad for my family. I felt bad for the people who worked hard on the movies. You know, because, I mean, I had so many great actors in the movies, and when we would get done shooting it, they would say to me, I think the critics are going to like this one, and I'd be like, oh, no. <laughs> no, they're going to say bad things, and they're probably going to say bad things about you being in it. And Like, I remember Kathy Bates in, in, in Waterboy. Right. And I loved her, and I loved everything she did, and I remember telling her, you know, when someone brought up critics, I was like, they're probably not going to like it. They're going to say bad stuff. Try, maybe don't read it. And she's like, I liked it. So that's all that matters. So something like that. Yeah. yeah, she was cool. It's also really telling because, as you well know, so many comedies, so many comedic films um, don't have a shelf life. And your films really do. Like, <laughs> like the, the young yeah. people in this audience. Oh, yeah. Like, that makes me so happy, man. That, I mean, you probably are quoted movies by kids today that weren't born when those movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the best. The right? best feeling ever, man. It's, I'm so happy when kids talk to me on the streets or parents say I watched 
you know, whatever, a wedding singer with my kid the other day or something like that, and nothing makes me happier. It's it's the greatest. And uh, my daughter's friends know my stuff, and I don't know how that happened, but I'm very, very happy. <laughs> That's the best part of it, for sure. Um, you mentioned some of the luminaries you worked with. How how the hell did you get Nicholson for anger management? Oh, like, man. Jack is like the most notoriously picky actor yeah. on the planet. Yeah, that uh, was total... I don't. I don't even know. I, I actually the guy Joe Roth who brought me this script. Joe Roth and and LeBron they owned Hustle and they 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 brought me this. And but I knew Joe from I did the Waterboy with Joe. Maybe eight years, ten years later, he said I got this movie called Anger Management. Uh, it's I read it. I go, oh, man, that's that's funny. Who's gonna play uh, Buddy? And he said, he goes, uh, I'm going to send it to Jack Nicholson. I was like, whoa, who's going to play it after? He says, no, he's not doing this movie. And uh, and then he, f I forgot about it. Then like three weeks later, he's like, so Nicholson's in. I said, I, so I get to tell my friends growing up I'm doing a fucking movie with Jack Nicholson. <laughs> and and uh, that was exciting, man. And I got really close with Jack. And uh, he's a fantastic human Unbelievable. So a film like that, a film like Punch Drunk, these, there have been many films that have kind of leveraged this kind of... Um, you know what's great about yeah. Punch Drunk? Jack Nicholson was there when it played in, in France at Cannes, or Cannes, and uh, <laughs> Cannes, right? And anyways, um, uh, Jack came in for About Schmidt that was at Cannes too. But I was friends with Jack, and I said... My, uh, I'm do, I did this movie, Punch Drunk Love. It's he goes, I know, Sandman, I'm coming. I'm going to come see it. He, he called me Sandman all the time. He'd be, he always called me Sandman, and he's like, oh, yeah, Sandman. Uh, see you there. So anyways, big, big theater in France, you know, a massive theater. Watching the screen, I look over, and Nicholson's there. He's like maybe <laughs> 10 seats over, and... While the movie's going, he's leaning back and looking at me, and he's going like that. I'm going like this. All right. And then at the end of the movie, Nicholson jumps on his feet. And then the rest of the crowd's like, yeah, let's fucking. They gave us. Nicholson likes it. So they gave a big uh, standing old. Well, I'll never forget that. And then I'll never forget that the next morning he came over with, and I was tired because I wasn't, my body wasn't on French time yet and his body can adapt to anything. And he knocked on my door like 8.30. He's like, I was like, oh, yeah. He goes, croissants? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, Jack Nicholson. Yes, please. Absolutely. Let's eat. Which is the, the one that Daniel Day-Lewis hit you up on. Daniel Day-Lewis was a fan of one of the films, wasn't he? I, uh, he's the best. He's just great. I don't. I don't know. I know. I know. Know him. He's just FaceTime Daniel Day Lewis for it. I. You know, it's funny. He. He. Uh, it doesn't happen a lot, but I got. He texted me some funny shit today. What? Yeah. I, I, he really is hysterical. Stop it. Like a gift? Like a meme? No. What did he, like what? a funny thing. He saw my thing last night at the Gotham's, and he texted me some funny stuff, and he's just. Let's see, say he did call me. I don't know. I can't tell no, you, but he's funny. <laughs> he says funny shit. Uh, he, he, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to. We have all night. Don't worry. We will wait. Uh. Well, no, no. no. 
Uh, he's he, so close. He was so close. I was just like, he'd probably be like, what is he telling everybody my text for? But, you know, it's exciting. It, every time I talk to him, I love him so much. And I, I've hung out with him and I, I go eat with him. And even when he's just eating, he, he's, he makes food feel succulent. And he's like, oh, he chews cool and he looks you in the eyes. and. <laughs> You guys just need to collaborate. I know he's in retirement, but you can bring him out. Maybe, maybe, but yeah, no, no, no. I always thought Stiller looked like Danny Day. Those two could do. They could play brothers. I see that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What I was going to mention before we had a a wonderful diversion was a lot of your films have like leveraged this kind of identity of like the anger simmering, right? Punch drunk, anger management are very like you know obvious examples of that. Yes. do you have a temper? Did you have a temper? Is that mm-hmm. something that is really a part of your life you had to do yes. with? Yes, yes. I've had it a long time. My friends used to go, take it easy. What are you doing <laughs> right now? Why are you getting so upset? And it would go, my, my, I would snap, but I, it would go away very quick. I always had that. People, people would be like, he'll be all right. Just give it a second. <laughs> but, it's yeah. always a good sign around a person. Just, yeah. just give him yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, back don't, off. Don't look at him. <laughs> look the other way. He's almost done. Uh, but yeah, no, I always had a quick, quick thing, quick, quick. Got I yelled quick. I got upset quick. Got on basketball court. I was quick, and then I'd realize, oh, this guy can kick the shit out of me. Let me calm down. But uh, <laughs> what's what sets you off nowadays? What's what's the pet peeves? In the oh, you know, I get most upset when my kids, if they're hurt, when they're something's when my instead of being a grown adult and being like calm and talking to my kids. To make them feel better, I start going, what? I get mad. And my wife's always like, what are you doing? You're getting them more upset. And I'm like, Ugh. I just get hurt when my kids are hurting, and then I settle down. But no, I, I got a little snap-itis. Did you, did you, do you always do voices? Is that just part and parcel? Like a day in the life of Adam Sandler goes into yeah. some of the favorites, like you can't help yourself? <laughs> I always did my grandma. I always did my made fun of my dad's laugh or the way he sneezed or that kind of stuff. That got me out of uh, trouble growing up If when my father was pissed at me and right. I saw him get up to come at me a little bit. I'd, I'd try to do a quick impression of him and try to get him laughing. What was so backstage? Uh, you were mocking my questionable Judaism uh, <laughs> uh, briefly. What was that? It only due to the he, he told me and he dropped this on me and it, and it scared me. That he didn't get bar mitzvah because the they're going to kick me out of the ninety two Y. Yeah, sorry, Matt, guys. <laughs> I was so let down. No, no, I wasn't let down at all. But I was just joking that I was doing somebody. I don't, I don't remember. It wasn't anyone in particular. Just to, I'm just curious. Yeah, so it's not like there's not a default voice you just go to. Uh, as a, uh, I usually go to some family member. That's all. My family's from New York. Uh, all my family's Jewish. Everybody kind of has a funny way about them. Uh, we're all Brooklyn or Manhattan, Lower East Side Jews, and uh, we uh, and and I definitely, after every family get together, couldn't believe what I saw sometimes. Do, do, <laughs> I mean, your your kids weren't raised here, but like you are, I guess, repping what you where yeah. you came from. What you or do you feel like a responsibility yeah. to kind of like infuse them with I that East him. Coast? I hit them so hard with every story, and then my father said that I said my kids have heard every story about my dad, my family, my my friends, my New York stuff. But my two kids love New York the most. That's all they ever talk about: New York and Africa. 
That's all. My, we, we did a movie in South Africa when they were little. And every, every time people I hear other kids talking about their favorite places, I always hear, well, New York and South Africa. And the other people are like, yeah, you went to South Africa? When we were three. <laughs> I still love South Africa. Um, I would be remiss if I also didn't mention, maybe one of the last times we, we chatted was Uncut Gems, which I'm still obsessed with a few years later. Yeah, those, oh. that's the safety boys are incredible. Those guys know what they're doing. You I know. was with them last night. They're working on a new one. We're doing a new one together. It's, it's going to be exciting. I'm not, I, I, it's, it's slowly getting there. We start shooting, I think, so right now the game plan is in April. So we'll, we'll I see. heard you said that there's going to be a bit of a different look for you. There's, there's, you never know. Because even when I did Uncut Gems, uh, things changed until we started shooting. Yeah. Uh, you know, they would put shit on me and a different uh, wardrobe and a different look and until they felt like, yeah, that's it. But this one, they send me... They send me stuff, pictures of what they're thinking, and I'm very scared. Is it, <laughs> <laughs> is it gonna feel like a hundred minutes of a heart attack? Like uncut <laughs> gems made me feel like I was about to die. Jeez, man, I, 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 it's got, it's got, it feels like one of their movies for sure. But it's, it's different too. It's a different. It's gonna be romantic. It's got a lot of nice. different feel, but definitely every time they send me stuff, when I'm turning the page, I'm like. Oh shit! I didn't see. I never know what's coming. Right. That's so cool about them. I never know what's what to expect. Well, uh, something on the production of that film, which felt like it, it has such a visceral, raw feel, like a dangerous feel. Yeah. Uh, yes. And, and I know that extended to kind of the making of it. Like, there's a scene when you're basically being choked out in the back of a car, where yeah. you're basically being choked out in the back of a yeah, car. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys were choking me. Yep. Yeah. So did you feel like? <laughs> 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 Was it only in retrospect that you were like, "Oh, these guys." I mean, you'd seen their other work. You knew they had the goods. But yes. were you were you confident during that production? Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were. Right away. Right when I saw their other movies. I said, oh, yeah, I want to be, I'll listen to everything they have to say. I'll jump in. I'll give them my ideas and thoughts. But whatever ultimately they, they want to do, I'll do. And uh, it was very real and, and uh, just just uh, really like uh these two guys, they, and, and, and actually, and Ronnie, who, who writes the movies with them, those the, the, together, it's bananas, the way they think and how they just don't ever want to do anything you've seen before, and they yell at each they they bicker at each other to make sure, like, no, no, we can't do that. Cause that and they, they, they have this massive knowledge of film history, and they're like, no, that's too much like, uh, you know, they'll mention another movie, and try to just find a way. They just want to make everything as fresh as it can be. I assume you're not directly on, like, Twitter and social media, but, like, that film is, like, I feel like the most memed gift oh, yeah? in the last few years. It just uh, has a currency there that that's is really... That's great. That's great. It's pretty amazing. Those guys send me funny stuff. What uh, you Funnier know. than Daniel Day-Lewis? Or like uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no. About equal... <laughs> About it, no, Dan, Danny Day. Even those, everybody. If you got a text from Danny Day, you would get a little excited. <laughs> it's pretty great. But uh, I'm but gonna be high for a week on that just knowledge. The, just that you got a text from Danny. It was Lewis. a good one. Every time, every, <laughs> and he just phrases it like a cool Irish. Uh, he's just funny. Best. Sorry, I digress. Okay, right, so, but, but yeah, yes, the Safety Boys. Um, 
anyways, they send me stuff of that with, with what Howard is on the internet. Somebody doing a Howard thing or somebody dressing up like Howard. <laughs> the best Halloween costume, Howard, Howard Ratner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, there's some probably some cards coming around. If you guys can uh, send them my way, we'll get ask some of the audience's questions. But sure. some, some more for me in the in the meantime. Yeah. Um, you you also have this very unique career. It's like you and like DiCaprio are like the only two actors that never had to do like a franchise. Basically, you, you've kind of created your own lanes really remarkably. You never did the superhero movie. You haven't done like Harry Potter or Star Wars or anything like that. Like, is that even interesting? Has that ever been like something like you could imagine yourself in a franchise world? Or is I it never just, like, thought about it. Maybe because no one's ever asked. But I, I that can't be. But I don't. I don't think. I don't. I don't. Hello. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. How are you? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. No, I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm very into. I don't know, man. I, I. I love that stuff. I see that stuff, and I go, "Wow, God, it's amazing movies." So, um, but no, it hasn't happened. I'd pro it probably won't happen. I don't. Don't see. Um, there were rumors that you were that they thought of you for Rocket Raccoon in Guardians of the Galaxy. Is that real? I never heard that. Never heard that. No, not real. I mean, is okay. that why that that's, that's like a, a thing that's talked about or something? No, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't think so. I, maybe they did, but I don't. I never heard about it. Okay. Uh, I didn't hear about a lot of things though <laughs> that my my agents and managers forget to tell me. <laughs> um, you mentioned. Uh, Chris Farley earlier, and I just yeah. love that he remains such an important part of your life and your stand-up act. Yeah, and, you know, sure. It's a very special moment in your in your act always. Did you meet him ever? No. He, he never got to meet him? Me, me, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I know you for so long, I thought maybe you might have met him. But, but, but yeah. I'm, but I'm curious, like, it, it also struck me when I was thinking about your collaborations and your friendship, you worked together, obviously, but you never did, like, a two-hander film. Was that ever With Farley? Man, that would have been great. I mean, we talked about it I'm yeah or sure. we loved he loved plane trains and uh he loved john candy a lot yeah and um yeah i think we probably talked about doing stuff together of course it must make you feel like all these years later like you every night of your tour you feel connected to him it must be an amazing kind of like uh, resurrection in a way it's pretty funny because i play the song about chris uh, and i'm doing when i tour and it's at the end of the show when i play it and I do every show we're about to play it. Go all right, here we go. And the first few times we play that song, I would tear up and I couldn't really uh, sing it well because I get so emotional. And then I got kind of like I felt it and was able to to get it out there. And it's weird, but when that song starts, I go ah oh, fuck all right don't 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 cry and don't do that still I've sang it maybe a hundred times already but it rocks me I think it's because we show video of Chris and I see his face and I remember his dad and, and I remember and I'm friends with his uh, brothers and um, and his mom and everybody and they they st still miss him a lot and and anyway so yeah it, it gets me I I love hearing the crowd go nuts for Farley they yeah. every show I do by far the biggest applause of the night is is talking about Farley and, and every time I mention his name here in the audience go nuts feels great Spade David came out uh, on my last I, I did a bunch of shows a couple of weeks ago and David came out and did five shows. And he's like, man, I can't, I, sometimes I can't listen. I got to walk away because I get so upset. Yeah. Just We loved them. We loved them so much. Um, it's a special time of year. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, he was he was he was as cool as it gets. Special time of year, uh, probably in the Sandler household and every everywhere. Uh, the Hanukkah song is that in heavy rotation. I sing it. Yeah, I sing it every morning. <laughs> every morning, the kids are like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm singing the song again." <laughs> and I just say, "Put on your yarmulke." They're like, "All right." No, no, no. no. I, I'm so proud of that song. I love it. I love that. I, uh, uh, I lucked out. Was an, I just actually I just showed my kids. I don't know how much they cared, but I was uh, on 56th and Broadway, and I was walking, and I said, hey, right there, and I pointed right in front of that diner. That's where old daddy thought of the Hanukkah song, and they were like, oh, yeah, what happened? I said, I don't know. I think I was just right there. I was walking to Saturday Night Live, and I went, oh, maybe, uh, maybe it'd be funny to do a song about Hanukkah and say, mention that there's not a lot of Hanukkah songs and then just show like in the, the songs about Jewish people and uh, uh, who also, you know, celebrate Hanukkah and that kind of thing. And um, I was so excited, man, when I thought of that. And I got to work and I told two guys, uh, Steve Korn and Ian Maxtone Graham about that idea, writers on Saturday Night Live, and they laughed and we, we just wrote it, knocked it out. Did you have celebrities that were either in the song or left out of the song come to you afterwards, either happy they were in it or I, unhappy that they weren't in it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I had, I had, everybody was very, uh, everybody was nice, everybody was happy, and, and uh, actually Harrison Ford, <laughs> I think I say Harrison Ford's a quarter Jewish, right? Yeah. Because back then, when I wrote it, it wasn't, like, I don't think Google was around. <laughs> So I was like going off of something. I don't know. He's a quarter Jewish. And I remember when I met Harrison Ford, he goes, half. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. All right. So here's some um, questions from the audience. Uh, I believe it's Ariana. I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. Um, how does it feel to be a fashion icon? Who is your inspiration? Yeah. Wow. Thanks, Ariana. Love you, Ariana. Thank you. Uh, I love you, and, and thanks for bringing that up. I, I, my kids don't like. Actually, my kids were yelling at me for this this shirt. We missed the T-shirts, Daddy. Why are you wearing golf shirts? And I was like, Can't Daddy uh, try to be comfortable? And I, I was. I will have you know. I was debating tonight because I know you knew I wasn't going to dress up. Yeah, I just like, do I do? Do I go formal? What if he's the one night he dresses formal and <laughs> I dress casual? Thank you for being the sandler I know. The, you got it, buddy. You look cool. That seems like a nice shirt. Like comfortable? No, not it's, comfortable. It's, it's, it's all, all good. Solid. Good. You look good. My dressing is has been a um, difficult time. Uh, difficult throughout my career. I've been yelled at <laughs> by many people. Lorne Michaels. I remember Lorne Michaels. Oh. When I was on Saturday Night Live when I was young, like I used to go on Weekend Update, and I, when I was like 20, I, so I got on that show when I was 23. And then I, around 24, I started getting on Weekend Update, and Lorne wanted me to wear a suit jacket. So the first couple of updates, I wore suit jackets, and I would watch, watch him back, and I'd be like, oh, something's weird, man. Something weird, and I always was not comfortable. And then I remember somebody said, 
Ted Lorm, you should you should let him dress the way he dresses around the office or something. And Lorm goes, all right, try that. And I like I just felt so much freer because I I don't know why I hated suits so much. Suit jackets got me so angry and <laughs> it, itchy and uh, and I was ridiculous. I, it, it puts me in a bad mood. I had a suit on at the Gotham Awards. I was fully uh, in a I don't know, a bad way. But, uh, I, I just couldn't wait to get it off, and I always take my suits off. Whenever I have to wear a suit, I come home, and there's like three different rooms with a different article of <laughs> suit. While I'm walking, I'm like, God damn, jacket, stupid shirt. And, uh, but anyways, I, I have been dressing like this a long time, and I just like uh, comfortable. Comfortable? Go for the comfortable. We want you happy. This is from, <laughs> this is from your number one fan, Melvin. Melvin? Uh, yeah, Melvin. You know Melvin. Melvin, how are you? I love you. I'm right here. Hey, Melvin. Good, Good to see you. Oh, that's so cool. Happy birthday, Melvin. I love it, man. Nice to meet you, man. And, and nice to meet your wife. Happy birthday, Melvin, and a great question. What similar characteristics do your characters have in common, such as Stanley Sugarman, Sonny Koufax, and Michael Newman? I guess, yeah, like, like which do you connect with most when, when you think back to the body of work, which are you closest to? Yeah, well, th those are all guys that I, are very similar to me. You know, Big Daddy guy was similar to who I was back then. Um, Click, I, I was similar to that guy. Uh, this guy, I'm sim uh, Stanley Sugarman. I have similarities to him. They all, uh, th those kind of those those three and a few others feel kind of like how I am in in real life or the way I react. Maybe in real life I can not be as lovable. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I don't always make the right decisions in real life that I do in the movies by the end of a movie. But um, I, I uh, yeah, I always I feel. I always felt comfortable as those guys, and uh, they, they kind of connected to me uh, and who I am. And uh, but happy birthday, man! And thanks for coming to hang out with. with and you got a cool wife. Thank you. That's right. Good taste. That's great. Good taste. Right on. Uh, <laughs> I like the wording of this. This is from Nikki. Was there a pivotal point in your career where you just, I'll say for Jesse's sake, effing knew uh, <laughs> this is it? Get your friends and go time. Oh, oh okay. So Nikki, pivot point in yeah. Nikki wants to know like, was there a pivot point in your career where you just you just knew this is it? It's go time. Um, that's that's a good one, Nikki. Uh, I I I mean, I kind of Billy Madison uh, was probably the one that we went. Come on, let's go. I was in a few movies before that. Um, and I loved being on the set, and I loved everything about it. But then all of a sudden, Billy Madison is when we started going. Come on, just all all my buddies, we all got together and we we're like, let's 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 do what we we think is funny. Yeah. And um, and then we didn't stop doing it together, and we made a bunch of movies together. Yeah. And that was the one, probably Billy. It's a, one thing I, I meant to ask about that. Like you have this core group that you've been working with for decades, and it's really yeah. great to see just like. Um, you know, how enjoyable the experience can be. Like, why surround yourself with jerks? Surround yourself with good people that you love. And right, that right. Stuff, right. That seems to be the ethos. It's also fascinating. And I don't know if this was just you being a genius or being lucky. The shift, you made this big deal with Netflix back in like 2014. Yeah. 
And at the time, people were like, this guy's crazy. Like, what, what do you do? Like, you know, he's yeah. making amazing movies in theaters. Keep doing theaters. And it's hard to find comedies in movie theaters nowadays that, that succeed. And you, in retrospect, now look like a genius. You have found this amazing <laughs> home. You have a bigger audience, arguably, than ever, thanks to this worldwide audience from yeah. Netflix. Were you seeing, like, a, chain, a shift happening? Or was it just... Well, no. Nah. No. I, just, I lucked out. Yeah. I lucked out. I... I mean, everyone around me, uh, my my brother, um, uh, Netflix kept calling about me doing movies for them, and I didn't really even know what net Netflix was. I really it was that dumb. I I didn't, but, but so I I've, I've told the story, but but um, what happened was Ted Sarandos, who was running, who runs Netflix, and it's his company. He came to visit me. He kept saying, "Do a movie for us," and I and I would say to my brother, "What? What is Netflix? I don't even know what that is." And he would tell me, and I'd say, "Like I don't know, man." And then Ted came up, and I loved him as a guy. And he was like, "Just you know, talking about streaming and what it is and what's going on." Well, what was that? <laughs> was that a bug or something? We have a fly. We oh, have a fly situation. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I literally thought Timothy Chalamet was about to eat me. <laughs> the fuck is... <laughs> no. Wow, that scared me. Jesse, you didn't do nothing. You didn't protect me. You let that fly get me. If I see it come around again, I'm going to protect you, I promise. Well, you were on break? All right, yeah. You just relax. You're right. I, I was very presumptuous of me. To make... Anyways, at least give me a head nod if you see that thing coming. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Ted was a great guy, and he talked about his streaming and, and all that, and I said, so, so I said, well, he's a nice guy, man. I, I like to work with him, but I don't know about Netflix, but it was interesting what he told me about it. And then I was shooting a, when he visited me in Canada. Uh, I was in Toronto, and I left the house with him, and I'm walking down the street, and I saw these two kids, like old, like 15-year-old kids, on a porch. And it was a Friday night, and I said to the, uh, I'm walking by the kids, I go, hey, what are you guys doing this weekend? You, you go, uh, I said, what are you guys doing this weekend? They go, go uh, watching a movie. And I go, yeah, you going to the movies? They go, no, on Netflix. And I went, oh, yeah, okay. If the young young kids are into that, that's probably going to be the way it's going. They kind of, the youth usually knows what's happening. And, uh, and I was like, all right, let me give it a, give it a shot. And uh, I loved it. I just got really close with, with Ted and everyone at Netflix and so many nice people I, I uh, became friendly with over there. So I have a great relationship. And you're able to do everything. I mean, hustle, Meyerowitz stories. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. You can do it all, oh, yeah. whatever you I want. I mean, they are into everything. Netflix yep. wants to do everything. Just and getting to do comedies is incredible. Getting to do dramatic stuffs, and they get it out there, and it's all around the world, and it's cool. We're looking ahead, we've got Spaceman in the can. Yes. Harry Mulligan, an amazing cast. That's a drama, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got the murder mystery sequel. Yes, that's supposed to come out at the end of March. Yeah, yeah. That'll be nice. Jennifer Aniston's a great person. And nice you, person. Um, and you've also mentioned, talking about some of these amazing filmmakers, is Noah Baumbach potentially someone you might reteam with? I think so. I think so. He's writing a movie. Yeah, yeah. He's an amazing guy. He's just, he does great stuff. And uh, he's just a nice person, too. Yeah, I, I'm doing a lot. I have an animated movie. 
Do you know who Robert Smigel, who Robert Smigel is? Triumph. Yeah, yes. yeah. He is directing a movie that we wrote together, oh, and we've been working on it for, for a long time. And uh, actually, Paul Sato helped write that. And um, we, I think it comes out next November. We've been working on it. It's a musical. It's, a, uh, it's about uh, elementary school, graduating elementary school and getting ready to move into uh, uh, junior high and being scared into middle school and being the nerves of that. For, for someone that loves uh, music and singing as much as you do, you haven't done like the, the non-animated no. musical. Why no, no. Is, where is your cats? Where is your... I can't dance. <laughs> I wish I could dance. I would, I would do a lot of musicals, but I like... I like feel comfortable with a guitar on right. and singing, but I, uh, a musical, I don't think I would look too smooth. And one other filmmaker I want to mention, Todd Field. Are you guys potentially yeah. talking? Todd Field, who people that don't know, a brilliant director, has just directed Tar, an amazing movie. Yeah, yeah. He's, I know him a long time, too, and, and I love him. And uh, he's got an idea we're, we're talking about, but you, you never know. Right. Everything... Everything you talk about, you get excited to do, but there's a until you're shooting it, you never know. But we're, we're excited to do this cool, cool movie together. Um, a lot more to talk about in the future. Look, it's always a good sign when months after a movie is out, we're still talking about it. This is a great one. This is a special one, as this audience can attest to. Hey, Hustle thank you all. It's fantastic. Happy birthday. And I just, I just want to say, guys, yes. as you can tell, this guy is the real deal. I've had the privilege of talking to him for many years, and he is exactly the same when he walks off the stage as when he <laughs> walks on. He's the real deal. Give thank it up one you, more time yeah. for Mr. Adam Sandler. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Love you all. Thanks for coming out, Josh. Thank you. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs>